Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. I want to share a word that I, I believe fits perfectly uh, with where we're at. Um, at coming back from man camp and it fits into this last part of this born to build and just understanding uh, where, where we're at as a church, as a nation. And um, it's just burning in me. <clears throat> but I do want to, I want to make sure... <clears throat> Excuse me. I do want to make sure that we have plenty of time uh, to minister more uh, at, at the end, at the end of service. And you know, we had a great ministry time in first, and a lot of a lot of things got broken off and and healed. Um, and we're going to do that again. Just so um, so we're going to take advantage of that because God is good and He's faithful. Uh, but I, I did want to make sure that um, I got a little bit of this message out because I believe it'll it'll charge you and it'll fire you up. Uh, one of the things that that I've been trying to get across over the last, you know, several weeks since the beginning of the year, is that we are born to be builders. We're born to build the kingdom of God. Jesus is building his kingdom. He's building his church, and we're a part of that. And that means that we are born to build as well. And, and everywhere we see uh, Jesus giving instructions for what's going to happen in the church and what the disciples are to do, it's always giving them instructions to continue uh, to train in the word, to train and to equip and to make disciples, to be disciples and to make disciples. And we're at a place here uh, coming back from camp like this where um, the men are fired up. There's like, a, there's like a battle cry of men in this age. And the reason why is, is we have to recognize that we ourselves, all, all of us Americans, are in a, a war right now. We're in a fight and a battle, in a war. Let me say it again. We are absolutely, unequivocally, 100% in a war right now. Amen. We're in a war. And, and what we have failed to realize is that we are at war. And we saw this uh, in World War I when they didn't realize that they were at war. We saw it, that it took them, it took them a while to figure out that uh, this is going to be a bad deal if we, don't, if we don't jump into this battle, if we don't jump into this fight. And uh, nations were just overtaken because they, w- they weren't ready. And for us to understand that we don't have time anymore um, to waste, we, the battle is upon us. And this, this battle is for families. This battle is for the unborn. This battle is for our children. This battle is for our culture. This battle and this war is for our country. And, and I'm not talking a natural war. I'm talking a spiritual war. And the devil's been after this country for a long time. It was established on godly principles, and it has a foundation in its roots. And America was, was and is still the, the largest giver to the spreading of the gospel anywhere on the planet. Anywhere, because of, of what our roots are. But, but since then, we were founded. The enemy has been trying to come in and undermine what we have been doing in spreading the gospel. You know, when... Uh, when Hitler was coming into France, 
uh, England was trying to make the, the powers that be, England, uh, Neville Chamberlain was the was the uh, the minister, the prime minister, and they were trying to make peace with Hitler. They were trying to negotiate an agreement, a settlement with Hitler. And when Neville Chamberlain stepped down, Winston Churchill was appointed by King George VI. And nobody wanted Winston Churchill except Winston Churchill and King George VI. Nobody wanted him in there. But his first, one of his first speeches, three days after being appointed, he made it extremely clear what needed to happen. And I want to read you just a portion of that because it's where we're at. Churchill gathered his war cabinet and he came to Parliament to make an address, to make a speech. And he said this, I would say to the House, as I said to those who have joined this government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. That's, that's the name of the speech. They titled it that. He said this, We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I can say it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all our might and with all the strength that God has given us to wage war against the, the monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark, lamentable catalog of human crime. That is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word. It is victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. It, we are fighting a, a battle, a war, that without victory, there is no survival. See, Christianity will live and will survive and will thrive without America. But America will not survive without Christianity. It is so important that we recognize the hour that we're in. It's so important. And so this battle cry that's in men from this weekend, of being the men that God called us to be, to be the leaders of our homes, the husbands to our wives, the dads to our kids, but not just there, but also the men in the marketplace that we need to be. Because as go the, the fathers, come on, this is how the families go. This is our job as leaders. And all of us, I'm talking to all of us now, everybody in the sound of my voice, we are at war. And when the men went to war at a time, the women jumped in and they were working in the factories. And they were, I mean, they went to war too. And the home front, do you understand? We're at a battle for our kids, for our nation, for our very survival. We are at war. And we cannot, we cannot be lazy and we cannot be apathetic anymore. Now, here's, here's, here's where we're at in a sped up moment of time. See, if, if we had seen this coming, we'd all been in boot camps for the last 10 or 20 years. Some of us have, right? Some of us have just been kind of coasting a little bit. But right now, we're all in boot camps. And you don't get to choose how long your hair is in boot camp or what you wear or how many push-ups you do or when you eat or when you sleep. You listen to those in charge. Are you hearing me? And Jesus is handing out orders. And he's giving us assignments. And he's telling us where to be and how to be there and what to do when we get there because we're at war. That means there are prayer assignments and there are actual physical assignments to go out and to speak to culture. But while you're in boot camp, you are training. You are learning. And, and Lewis Wilson said this, he said, the aim of military training is not just to prepare men for battle, but to make them long for it, to make them desire it. That's the aim of military training. We don't just learn scripture so that we can be the one that everybody calls when they need to know where it's at in the Bible. 
Are you hearing me? We don't just learn it so we can put a little star on our chart. I memorized another verse. We are training in the kingdom of God. We are ingesting and digesting the word of God so that we long for the battle that's already at our door. There's truth in us, and it's supposed to be light in the darkness. And truth will break up the things of darkness. It breaks up things that are tainted with falsities and mistruths. See, because what the world has done is, is many of these people were trained and they were taught some morality, maybe when they were a kid, maybe in Sunday school, maybe raised in church, but they don't like the truth of God's word anymore, so they make an adjustment in their belief system. Right. Like, I don't like this anymore. It doesn't fit with culture. It might ostracize me from my friends or, or from a promotion or for maybe even getting a job. So I'm going to make an adjustment in what I believe. I'm going to change it. I'm going to tweak it so that it believes a little bit different. But here's the problem with that is that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. When you take mistruth and try to insert it as truth, you don't just affect that one belief. It starts chain reacting down your belief system. And now you've got all kinds of problems because you're having to adjust another belief system you thought you wouldn't change. Why? Because it's affected by the one you changed first. And so you have all these adjustments, and now you're looking at your belief system, and it looks like a screen door with a bunch of holes in it, bigger holes than just the screen. Amen? So what truth does in us is it rises up on the inside of us. And when we're presented with these ideas that seem okay, but you know aren't truth, you can start poking holes in their system. You can start saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about this right here? If you say that, then that affects this. Do you understand? This is the training ground we're in. If we don't put the word in, we won't recognize mistruths when we see it. Because the word is accurate. It's alive. It's perfect. It's absolute truth. And the world wants to say your truth and my truth and their truth and whatever you want to believe is fine. And that's not what they want. They don't want you to just say they're okay. They want you to say it is okay with God that what they do is okay. And then we're going to teach it to your kids in school. You understand? They, they want it all. The enemy doesn't just take a little bit of ground and he's happy. He wants to steal all of it. He wants the flag to not fly over our country. And he wants... Marxism, communism, fascism, he wants it here. Are you hearing me? He will not stop unless he is stopped. And it's our job as believers to present truth to those that are speaking mistruth. We're at war. We're in training right now. This is like the accelerated buds program for the Navy SEALs. You are, at, you are being trained for warfare in a very intense very short period of time. And we all have assignments. And you can neglect them, but you will stand before God. We talked about this earlier. You will stand before Jesus based on your assignments. We have got to get in the fight. We are at war. Fight for our lives. Fight for our kids' lives. Fight for our country. Are you hearing me? The first thing we got to do is admit we are at war. 2 Corinthians 10 addresses, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Come on, he gives us weapons. We're not fighting flesh and blood. Hear me now. We're fighting, we're fighting ideologies, mistruth, and the enemy himself. Trying to insert himself into our lives and our culture and our country and our church and our schools to tell them that there's another truth and there isn't. There's only one truth. But the weapons of our, our warfare are not carnal, 
Churchill said victory at all costs. Do you see the mindset shift that has to happen in us if we're going to make that statement? Victory at all costs. What does that mean? Come on now. It's, it is. It's like we are totally surrendered, totally invested in what God wants to do in us and through us. And it is. Listen to me. It is about the lost. The, the fastest answer to this mess we're in is to win people to Jesus. But when they give their hearts to Jesus, their mind isn't transformed in an instant. That's why he said, make disciples. So if we're not disciples ourselves receiving from the Lord and receiving from people that he's put into our lives, how in the world do you think you're going to be able to disciple somebody else when they come in just brand new Christians and their thinking is completely messed up? We're in boot camp. We're in training putting the word of God in, spending time studying his word, understanding truth, so that when, when it comes up, we can give a reason for the hope that's inside of us. Right. Come on, we're, we're all meant, we're all meant, whether one-on-one -on -one or in group settings, we are all meant to defend our faith. Right. We're supposed to be able to defend it. Right. And we have not done a good job of that because we're not convincing anybody. Are you hearing me? And it isn't about rationale. It's just presenting truth. This is what the truth is. The truth is the only thing that sets people free. It's it. It's it. Thank you, Lord. Jesus tells us, talks about training all the time. Matthew 28, he says, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. When you make a disciple, you teach. That's training. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be training, and we're supposed to be being trained. Amen? Continue in the doctrine, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. As they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. There's something about uh, continuing in this doctrine, getting it inside of us. Know what you believe and why you believe it. So important. We're at war. We're at war. You've got to have ammunition. You've got to have weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You've got to go get those. They don't just show up. you got to know how to use them. Right. There's not a military on the planet that hands somebody a sophisticated piece of weaponry without training them first. Because right. they'll hurt themselves and everybody else around them. Yeah. Are you hearing me? Yeah. A bunch of Christians just waving scriptures in the air and they have no idea what they're doing. We've got to know what it is and why it applies to what we're doing and talking about right now. Right. That takes training. Because we're at battle. I'm telling you what. We're not at a place where we're seeing some, uh, some army come over the hill where we're gathering arms. But spiritually speaking, we are at a place where the army is on the hill, margin for our territory, and we cannot afford to lay down anymore. Thank you, Lord. So we begin our training in Romans 12. Therefore, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. Sacrifice is not a fun word. It's not fun at all. Jesus wasn't excited about it, and he knew what he had to do. But Paul is telling us by the Holy Spirit, you have to present yourselves a living sacrifice. A soldier does not get his own way. A soldier lays down his life. A soldier bequeaths his desire and his want and his ambition to those that command his attention and command his direction. 
a living sacrifice is, okay, I'm not doing this based on me anymore. I'm following Jesus. That means you're going to have to say some things in this, some settings you might not have said things before. Come on, we're at war. Our, our, there's, there's something in law called tacit agreement. Tacit agreement. It means that if you don't respond to the charges, if you don't respond to the summons, if you don't respond to what they're accusing you of, you say nothing, you are giving something in, in a lawful legal term that's called tacit agreement. That means you're saying, that's fine, when you say nothing. If you don't rebut in a, in a group of people or in a peer or one-on-one, -on -one, if you don't rebut nonsense, come on, that tacit agreement, they're just saying, well, they must agree with that. Are you hearing me? Enemy loves it when we're quiet. Come on, we talked about this last week. Confession, how we speak matters. We've got to speak the right stuff, and we've got to speak the God stuff, and we've got to do it consistently, which means if you don't know what to say in a situation, you need to go to the Word because He will give you what to say. That doesn't agree with God. Amen? And then it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is our place of training. Sacrifice and putting the word in. Transformed by the word. We are at war. Thank you, Lord. Our voice matters. Is everybody okay? He said he's going to give us a mouth of wisdom. Which all your adversaries, this is Luke 21, 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. We have the best message, the best message, we have the best book, and we have the greatest power at our fingertips. We have the best message, the best book, and the greatest power at our fingertips. And we need to be trained and train ourselves in this place and elsewhere to use it, to go out. Come on, that's why it's on your heart to, to witness and to, and to minister to the lost. That's why it's in there. Because you've got the greatest message and the greatest book and the greatest power on planet Earth to see people come to know Jesus and to fight this battle. Amen. But we need firepower. So let me read you this. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, in the Amplified. In the Amplified. It says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. These weapons are not of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. There are strongholds that have been established in the earth by the enemy. Strongholds of gender confusion, come on, of sexual misidentity, of all kinds of vile stuff that the enemy has done. They're strongholds. Those can only be tore down by the weapons of our warfare. Now, if we, just let that, if we just let that verse just sit there, we don't go after what the weapons are. The Bible talks a lot about weapons in the, in the Scripture. The Word of God is a sword. It's a weapon. It actually is extremely effective in the kingdom of God against strongholds. And we're supposed to use these weapons to tear down these strongholds, not just in your life, but in the, the strongholds of the nation can be tore down by the weapons of our warfare because they are not of flesh and blood. 
Verse 5 says, inasmuch we refuse arguments. This is interesting. Watch this. Verse 5, amplified. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Let me say that again. Come on, this is important. This weapon, these weapons of our warfare, they refute. They come against the arguments and the theories and the reasonings and the proud and lofty ideas that come up against the word of God. Do you see how this is how the Amplified brings it up? The, the reason why we have those is that we can come against the irrational logic of what's going on in the world around us with truth, penetrating, life-changing, life-altering truth. Because their, their, their theories are full of holes. It looks like Swiss cheese. And there has to be some shoring up by the Word of God. So when you hear ideas and reasonings and this quote-unquote logic, the idea that there can be more than two genders is completely irrational to a kindergartner. No sense, but this is what the enemy does. He brings confusion and ideology. And the only way it can be refuted is for men and women of faith that know who they are and have been trained in the Word of God to speak up and say, that's impossible. My Bible says God made them male and female. He created them. And that was it. You hear me? So, so we're, we have to recognize that no longer is the battle on another shoreline. It's on ours. The enemy has been in behind the gates for a while. And now we got to root him out. Christianity can survive without America. America cannot survive without Christianity. He says this, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Come on, all those ideas and those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God can be captured by the word of God and led away captive to the obedience of Jesus. That's what we're called to do to be so fired up for God, to understand the season and the time we live in. We are at battle right now for the nation, for our children, for our grandchildren. Come on, for our churches and our schools. The ultimate goal for the enemy is to get the church. Come on, he, he started in, in politics and schools and in, and in local governments. And come on, he started in all those places, entertainment and media. His goal is to get the church out, gone, shut down, shut up. That's what he wants. And we can't let it happen. We have the greatest message with the greatest book and the greatest power on planet Earth because of what Jesus did for us. And we need to start swinging that weapon around like we really mean it. Because lives will be changed. The only answer, the only answer for this country is Jesus Christ. He's it. And we need to introduce as many people as possible. And you know when, they, when all this political stuff just really hit the fan two years ago with COVID and all the election stuff, and it was just wild and crazy? All the stuff, all the stuff that the smart people were saying is, hey, be upset about the national stuff. But to do your part, do it local. Get into the trenches in the local. That's the best way to affect the nation. Come on, it's a, it's a battle cry for us too because this is what the gospel says. You affect nations by doing your part at the local level. You affect nations by you doing your part in your church 
your family, come on, doing what's right day in and day out. And those people that get born again and saved and set free and healed and delivered, they're going to be the ones that join with us hand in hand and change a nation for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But we truly are at battle. We're at battle. Recognize it and get after it. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Now, what we want to do in the last right here is we want to, we have, want to have an opportunity to minister. Because when, like, like Darren and, and Chris and Scott were saying, Corey, you know, we, we were at camp and saw men uh, just give their hearts to Jesus, surrender things, let things go. I mean, you know, some of you guys that weren't there might freak you out a little bit to think about a couple hundred guys, you know, teary-eyed and crying. But I'm telling you what. There's something about when God touches your life that'll just do something on the inside of you that'll tender your heart but strengthen your resolve. And, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And so um, I just I want to encourage you that, that, that it was a powerful weekend, but there's also some more ministry that can happen. And to, to lay stuff down and let people pray for you, minister to you, is a, is a God-inspired thing. Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.